Tremors, Total Recall, Godfather 3, Blind Fury, Amores Peros, and more. everyone i'm your host matt i'm russ and welcome to another episode let's get right into it let's do it tremors 4k tremors 4k so arrow released tremors in 4k on the 15th of december back in 2020 yes. here we are in 2021 welcome to 2021 by the way um we're all gonna miss 2020 we are we are i'm super excited about tremors in 4k when they announced this, I was pretty stoked. I was pretty shocked. And then when I saw what the box looked like, it was pretty incredible. So let's let's kind of run down what Arrow has done for this spectacular Tremors release. So this is an actual 4K Ultra HD disc. This isn't some, you know, Blu-ray or 4K scan or anything like that. Um, this is the restoration from the original negative is what they apparently got. And on this thing, there's new commentaries from, like, everyone. The director, the writers, the author of the unofficial Tremors Guide did a commentary on this. So they've, like, got— I'm dying for that. <laughs> I know. They got everybody out of the woodwork to, to put a— The Bacon Brothers do a musical commentary. I wish. I wish. <laughs> um, there's a new documentary in the making of the film, interviews with all the key cast and crew, archival documentaries from a previous release. There's new featurettes. There's new interviews. It's got deleted scenes— you know, standard like EPK type stuff, three early short films from the makers of Tremors. And then, so th the box itself is is pretty awesome. Like when you look at it, it's obviously, it's Arrow, it's a quality package. Mm -hmm. And so other than all those things that I just mentioned on the disc itself, um, you get a 60 page bound book, which features new writings and selected archive materials. Nice. Um, a large fold-out double-sided poster featuring new artwork and a small fold-out double-sided poster featuring some Graboid X-ray art, which looks pretty cool. And six double-sided lobby cards and the limited edition packaging with reverse... reverse mm. Six double-sided lobby cards, limited edition packaging with reversible sleeve. Do you ever do anything with those posters? No. I don't either. I mean, they're One so thing, cool. And it's cool that they add them, but yeah, I don't know. Is. I never hang them up anywhere. If yeah. I was in uh, my teens, early 20 years, living in a bachelor pad or something Hanging like that. Hanging up with like that. a thumbtack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would have like the I spit on your yep. grave poster hung right up. Right behind I mean, you Everywhere. Know, when you're, when you're an, adult. an adult. You're not going to frame it. Well, maybe you frame it. I don't know. Of course. But the release itself looks great. The box is great. All these features are great. Arrow obviously always does a great job, and they didn't skimp on this one at all. As soon as I saw that they announced this, immediate reserve, immediate you know, pre-order, and then got it shipped immediately. And I haven't watched it yet, but it, it's, it's super nice. Who doesn't love Tremors? I mean, I didn't just reserve fantastic. it because it was an awesome package alone. I mean, mm -hmm. this is a fantastic film, and I can't wait to, like— watch all this extra stuff because I never really knew that much about Tremors. I don't even know how much has ever been out there as far as documentaries or making ofs are concerned. I don't but, even know how many sequels exist to this movie. <laughs> how um, many directed video I mean, sequels are let's, there now? That's a good point because Michael when, Gross has to eat. Yo, Michael Gross, this is his <laughs> this is the only way that he stays afloat, I feel like, because they just keep putting them out for him. There was like an old West Tremors. Like there was a lot. I actually, when I was looking this title up and you know just some like threads and stuff, there were some people that were talking about how 
much they love Tremors 2 and how they hope that a 4K Tremors 2 comes out. Back then, at least, at least for myself, back then I felt like there was more of a stigma with direct-to-video releases. So, like, I would avoid, oh, yeah. in the early, mid-90s, I would avoid things like Tremors 2 for sure. or, like, the From Dust Till Dawn sequels and things like that. But, um, you know, since basically everything now with Netflix and streaming is essentially direct-to-video, yeah. it is kind of nice to go back. Like, I... Maybe those people are right. Maybe Tremors 2 is actually a uh, overlooked gem. It might be. I mean, with Netflix, you do get a little bit more backing from Netflix, so you get a little bit more money, whereas every Tremors after probably went down as far as quality goes. The yeah, most I recent... Mean, Michael Gross, though, kept moving up as far as being the lead. Well, so that's there true. There can't be that much of a dip in quality. That's true. What was the progression on that? Because oh, I know... I, no I know Fred... Well, <laughs> so Kevin Bacon dropped out after the first one. He was done after the first one, but Fred Ward and, and definitely carried along, did, and so did Michael Gross, but did Reba? So at some point, even... Fred Ward drops off, and it's just Michael Gross. But let's see. So there's a total of seven Tremors films. Seven. You've got the original from 1990. You've got Tremors 2 Aftershocks, 1996, so six years later. And this is the one the fans are kind of clamoring for also. Then Tremors 3, Back to Perfection, which was in 2001. Tremors 4, The Legend Begins. It's a prequel. It's all about like an old Western version with, uh, with again, Michael Gross, of course. Um... Then you've got Bloodlines, Tremors 5 Bloodlines, which comes out a whole whopping 11 years later in 2015. Three years later, 2018, Tremors, A Cold Day in Hell. On, on September 20th of 2016, Michael Gross announced on his official Facebook page that a sixth film was in development. Tremors 5 co-star Jamie Kennedy returned along with the director Don Michael Paul. Why well, I, I already started laughing when you said Michael Gross's official Facebook page. <laughs> I mean, you like, got to keep up with Michael Gross. Gross. There's all these Michael, unofficial there, Michael there's Gross. There's a lot of bots Facebook out there. Pages. There's a lot of, you know, unscrupulous individuals trying to pawn themselves off with Michael Gross. That family ties fame. No, for real. Assholes they are. Michael Gross. <laughs> yeah. Michael Gross brings it in that movie. I've never seen any of the other ones, so I can't and even comment, but he brings it. Tremors is an excellent horror comedy hybrid it's awesome. family friendly it's got thrills laughs yeah, it's a blast Great it is movie. i mean if kevin bacon signed on you know he knew something was there and he's underrated honestly kevin bacon he's he can do it all yeah he was a little underappreciated i think like he the roles he chose i mean he would pop up in things like even a few good men jfk yeah it wasn't just stir of echoes movie. like hey animal house friday the 13th diner yeah, stir of, oh yeah, stir of echoes. Yeah, dude, he's he's doing uh, his thing. Super. Even Footloose. I mean, I know that's like his like the jewel in his crown, but I mean, check him out dancing. Like he's doing it all in all these movies. He plays all types of different things, and he yeah. plays music. And I mean, The Woodsman. The Woodsman. That's a good. You know, what actually, he's underrated too. Is Verovin's uh, Hollow Man. Oh yeah, and dude. Bacon. You know, Hollow cool. Man's you awesome know, as a villain. He's awesome. I was just about to say that the great thing about Kevin Bacon is he can kind of seamlessly be menacing and you're like everyday, yeah. like just normal schlub yeah. kind of guy. Yep. Like he's got a great range. He does. He's, he's got like an electric kind of like his eyes, like when he's intense, for sure. We love you, Kevin. Not um, you, Michael Gross. No, <laughs> we wish you kept on going, Kevin, but actually we don't because now you're doing real work, not like Michael Gross, who is starring again, Russ, in Tremors, Shrieker Island in 2020, along yes. with, you ready? John Heater, Napoleon Dynamite himself, is the co-star of Tremors, Shrieker Island. Him and Michael Gross have confirmed that Universal had ordered a seventh entry in the series and that he would return to star. He is the star. 
stating, Tremors fans will be delighted to know, I have just agreed to the terms of a contract for a seventh film. My best estimate is that Burt Gummer will begin his hunt for the Graboids and other nefarious forms of wildlife in the fall of 2019. This from the official Michael Gross Facebook page. Wow. So yeah, so this is some kind of plot where like they sent graboids to like some island to like test them and like mutate them and like it's, it almost sounds like a quasi like Jurassic Park kind of a thing and then he gets sent there I guess and shit goes out of control obviously and he's got to like lock the island down and save the day something to that effect so good on you Michael Gross glad to keep seeing you out there what I said I'll check out Tremors too Total Recall in 4K released, and oh, what a joy it is. Now, this is one that I've actually had the pleasure of watching. I haven't checked out any of the, the features, though. It's a three-disc edition. There's a 4K that comes with it and two Blu-rays. Um, the 4K disc itself has, like, some features, but then it comes with the original uh, Blu-ray and then the original Blu-ray's uh, extra features. So it's, like, you know, a three-disc package. Mm-hmm. Um Amazon's releasing it in a standard edition, Best Buy as a steelbook, and then Zavi released it in a collector's box, which I really wish I jumped on. I didn't even, I don't know why I didn't. I saw it and I was like, maybe like $59.99. And it looked, you know, like a typical like arrow setup for, yes. you know, per se. And it was limited. And I guess I didn't realize that. And it was like gone. Well, according according to most reviews, it's, they say it's not a huge visual improvement, but I felt like it was just amazing to look at. Um, both the 4K and the Blu-ray release, though, are an upgrade from the previous 2012 release. So no matter what, you're getting an upgrade. Um, I think the I think the 4K disc has got like amazing colors. Obviously, the, the movie takes place on Mars, so everything's red. It's like oh, yeah. deep. Oh, well, it's a it's, very colorful. Movie. Yeah, it's got a lot of blues in it, it as well. It's yep. a lot of nice contrasting colors. Oh, yeah, yeah, and and all the details are really you know they're crisp. You can see a lot of like the dust particles and like the textures on people's jackets and like even. Even sometimes when you think about stuff like that, you wonder, is the makeup or, like, the, you know, older special effects going to come across a little too, like, you know, chintzy? Clear. Yeah. Because yeah, you, yeah. when you're getting a better visual, yeah. you're going to see yeah. a little more of the practical. Right. Right. Like the yeah. three-breasted woman and, yes. like, Tony. Like, even Benny when he takes his arm off. You know, everything yeah. looks really, really good. Um, it's got Adobe Atmos Mix, which I didn't get a chance to take advantage of because I don't have that kind of setup. But apparently that mix is good. Mix I heard. Awesome. Across the three discs, you get new documentaries. You get new featurettes. You get a comment. Commentary by Arnold and Paul Verhoeven, which I don't know if that, they were on anything before, if that's new or not. I don't know that either. Um, so as far as just the regular releases go, it's pretty good. But then you get the collector's box from Zavi. Also comes with a two-disc soundtrack, which, I mean, it's amazing soundtrack. It's been a while since I've seen Total Recall. It's good. But I can't, I don't recall the uh, the score off the top. I don't I don't recall it being a particularly memorable one. Yeah, it's good, man. It's really really good. It's such a great mix of electronic music. It's a gr- with also you know horns, like a lot of like really great booming sounds, and just I don't know. It's it's a great soundtrack. So it comes with that. You get six art cards too, some forty eight page booklet, and a double sided poster. So I'm kind of sad I missed out on that. <laughs> I picked up the Best Buy uh, steel book. You did? Yeah, which which that is the nice. same release as which it's just yeah. in a steel book. Yeah. I look forward to digging in, man. It's a classic film. I feel like the comedy in it, which is a part of all of Verhoeven's films, but I feel like the comedy in it is particularly aged well. Uh, I think it's caught up. I think when it came out, maybe people, it was seen more as just an Arnold Schwarzenegger vehicle yeah. rather than, yeah, I mean, it's it's a great little, well, I shouldn't say little, but it's a great sci-fi action film. Dude, it's, it's amazing. Jumping in. One other thing that I didn't know about Total Recall, the movie was like hung up 
for a really long time before actually getting made. And tons of different people were going to, you know, direct it. Tons of different people were going to act in it until Arnold kind of got, you know, attached to it. But then it kind of stalled out, and Arnold himself took a complete control over the entire production to the point where he had say over who directed it, who it starred in, literally everything to do with the making of this film, Arnold was in possession of. And therefore, Arnold, like, reaped the benefits, like, from the success of the film. But hmm. he was the main reason that this movie even got made. Like, he believed in it. It was his passion. It. And then it, you know, it, like... It's a lot, probably, on paper back then in those days, you know? Like, it's a lot. It's actually interesting. I mean, in hindsight, when you look at Schwarzenegger's career, it it seems like he was probably searching for something. Like, here, this was based on a Philip K. Dick story. Yeah. You know, obviously a very uh, held in high esteem sci-fi author. Yeah, I think I think Arnold was looking for, hey, I don't want to do Commando again. Right. <laughs> Let me get something with some meat, some yeah, substance. Some brains. Now it, it did end up being sort of a mishmash of a commando esque Arnie vehicle, but it's got some brains in there too. It's got some nice little twists. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and Verovin and hey, I I believe this had to have been the film that led to Sharon Stone getting basic instinct Definitely. for Paul Verovin, so if that alone was the only reason for Total Recall's existence, well worth it. Yeah. No, she was great in it, too. I mean, all the performances yeah. were good. Oh, you yeah. know, Ronnie Cox. In 30 seconds, you'll be dead. And I'll blow this place up and be home in time for cornflakes. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Michael Ironside. Michael again, Ironside. The greatest. See at the party, Richter. Oh, yeah. Just quotable. Dude. Get your ass to Mars. Everywhere. You know? Oh, yeah. No, for sure, and and I, and I was the one of the most iconic too that I feel like I always think of is his exchange with Tony, who's played by um, the incredible Hank Schrader, and you know his his line to Arnold is, "You got a lot of nerve showing your face around here," <laughs> and Arnold comes back with, "Look who's talking!" Like that's the best, dude. Total Recall, amazing, great job, Arnold. Good job. We love you. Just announced April 13th, 2021, two-disc edition of Spaceballs 4K, which will include some commentaries, documentaries, and more. Shout-out to Kino Lorber for doing a good job with extras for a change. We'll find out more about that coming soon. So, best Godfather film, man. What do you think it is? Part three, right? It's got to be Godfather Part Three. Oh, you like it? Well, guess what? Godfather Code is coming out. Your wishes. <laughs> it's been granted. The death of Michael Corleone. Here we are. We all wanted him to die. Now we have it. Now you get to see him die all over again with the special release of Godfather 3, The Death of Michael Corleone, or as called Godfather Coda. This is a frame-by-frame restoration by Coppola here um, from a 4K scan of the original negative, and which is pretty cool. Um, you know, it, it's apparently an amazing-looking um, disc, uh, an amazing-looking transfer. One review that I read stated, it's the peak of Blu-ray's capabilities and much sharper and clearer than previous any previous uh, Godfather 3 release. There's a solid Dolby True HD 5.1 lossless soundtrack. And according to, you know, most things that I've read, because I haven't seen this yet, but it's more of a streamlined film. Um, there's a revised beginning, a revised ending. It's about six minutes shorter than the original. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. Now, I, I like one aspect that I like about this is that they've renamed it because I think we've talked before that the initial name of this was the death of Michael Corleone. Like that's what it should have been. It's like a footnote. It's an epilogue. It's a coda. Like that's what this story is. But when you make it part three of this insane saga, it's never going to match up to that, especially from the director's own intentions. You know, the director's own intentions were to be a footnote and then you stick it on there and it's like, 
being compared, and you can't. Um, but I really like that they're putting this back out, making you kind of like feel like this is what this should have been known as. This is the intention we had for it. You know, please give it another chance, sort of. And I like that. Well, here's a fun set of trivia. You know, Godfather Two is the first film to be called a Part Two. Really? Yes. I did not know that. And what was funny, tying into this Godfather Three stuff. Uh, since that had never been done, Coppola did not want to call it Godfather Part Two. But Paramount was like, no, this is a cash cow. The first one was this huge success. This is Godfather Two, mm -hmm. first movie ever. Wow. Cut to this. Opposite. Paramount was like, no, nah, we got to call this Godfather, Godfather Three. Three. Yeah. And Coppola was like, no, nah, this shit is the no. death of Michael Corleone. They yeah. won out, obviously. Yeah. And, and I, you're right. I think it gives it a different feel yep. of what the expectation is going in. Really? No, it really does. So it's pretty cool. And they really did like pull out all the stops to make this thing look really good it's like painstakingly done to get rid of any kind of grain and scratches and just things on the these films or the negatives they spliced things together cut things apart like it was crazy what they did to bring it the only thing that slightly bothers me about this release is that they've already said in 2022 for the 50th anniversary they're putting out a 4k box set of the godfather they have not mentioned, though, where this falls into that. You know, is this going to be in that box set, too? Is it going to replace Godfather 3? Probably not. Is it going to be, like, a on a bonus disc? Is it its own standalone? And fuck you, you know, you have to buy it by itself. I don't know where this goes. Um, but that's a little bit, you know, head-scratching at the moment. I think for the price, this is definitely, this is a definite pickup for yeah, any, for any sure. film fan. Just to see... Even if you're not a big fan of it, even if, you know, I, I mean, I, you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody who prefers the third Godfather over the real. original two. Um, but just kind of to see what went wrong. I mean, it's film history. This is a third yeah. part in one of the two of the greatest films ever made, greatest American films ever made. So. No, definitely. And they did actually change the ending. Now, they didn't, they didn't change it in a sense that it's a new ending and it has a new meaning. But spoiler alert. For those who haven't seen Godfather 3. It's a new ending. <laughs> he lives. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> comes back That'd to be great. <laughs> In the original Godfather uh, 3, he, he the, the last shot is just him as an old, decrepit man in a chair in like the front of his house. And he's got an orange in his hand, which is pretty iconic for death in all these movies. Yeah. And he just keels over, just falls over, and it's dead. The orange falls one. out of his hand. Scene, like scene, end scene credits. In Coda, now he stands up. And Pacino, <laughs> Does a dance. Pacino looks right into the camera and goes, hooah! <laughs> the credits roll. <laughs> yes. It is, like, so Brilliant. comedic, too, how they played that last shot. I mean, do you think... I mean, I've never read anything about it. This is just my take. You can tell me, like, yeah, dude, everyone knows that. But is it played in a kind of, like, a ridiculous way to kind of make a point of... The, you, had, you had this life, and this is the way you go out. Like, just in some ridiculous manner where you just fall in a chair and drop an orange and you're just dead? Okay, well, I think there's two things to that. One, I think that was pretty much the theme of every movie is that Michael is sacrificing his soul. He's corrupted. Mm -hmm. He did not start off like that in the beginning. And, yeah, so I think the ending of Godfather 3, showing him die that way, is it's to show him alone. I don't think that's what most fans of Godfather 1 and 2, they don't want to see Michael Corleone as weak. Yeah. But if you look at the films without the kind of pop culture uh, influence on them, that's really the story of yeah. all of the movies. It's him gradually losing his soul, and that's depressing. And I think 3, 
Coppola and everyone, because they didn't really want to do it anyway. Coppola owed Paramount because Cotton Club bombed so hard and went over budget. They were basically just all, fuck, we got to do this one for the for Paramount. Right. And I think he took it as serious. He took it in a way where naturally that's where this character's life would be. But I don't think people want to see that right. in a Godfather film. Right. You know? And then you're also going up against what many consider to be two of the greatest films of all time. It's just uh, it's, it's, a losing it's Star Wars. It's you're gonna lose no matter how you do this. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's not as good as the first two, but Godfather Three is solid. No, I agree. Shout out to you, Francis. What's criteria I've been up to? So another release that they're putting out is um, Amoris Peros, which is the first release from Alejandro Inaratu, which I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I believe I am. Um, and, you know, we know him from, you know, 21 Grams is one of my favorite films. He released that, obviously. Great movie. Birdman. Great movie. The Revenant. That's um, a movie. Babel. This film, Amoris Peros, another film called Beautiful with Javier Bardem. Amoris Peros was his first film that he released, and Criterion's putting it out. This is a movie that I have seen. It was at the time where I watched 21 Grams and watched Babel, and I think I was like, okay, I want to, you know, what else does this guy have? Only one other movie. So it's been a little while, but I do recall it, it being, you know, excellent. It stars Gael Garcia Bernal, um, who's in... E2 Mama Tambien. Yep, E2 Mama Tambien, and also Babel as well. At, at this point, Alejandro is doing, you know, a, a much different style of film than he was in the past, and... As an example, 21 Grams, Babel, and this film all kind of have a similar formula where there are three different individuals or three different you know families, and they all kind of collide in a way. And it's sort of what's the ramifications of that collision. Um, so it plays very similarly to that. Um, and it's done very well. It's Again, it's very engaging. It's kind of, you know, you don't know how it's all going to fit together. You don't know how this one thing impacts that person. But it's really good. It's really good. I would definitely recommend it. This, um, coming from Criterion, is a new transfer from a 4K mass which is absolutely stunning, um, according to uh, the reviews I've read. A significant upgrade in picture quality in every way. Tons of new extras, making ofs, reunions with the cast, cast rehearsals, raw footage, interviews, music videos directed by Alejandro himself, deleted scenes, illustrated booklet, like the whole nine. Like Criterion killed it. It's a great film. Just looking at this release, and I'm kind of, you know, maybe itching to pick it up as well. I haven't seen it in a long time, but... I remember really enjoying it, and this is probably definitely the release to get. I'm embarrassed to admit I've never seen it, and I am a huge fan of 21 Grams. Uh, I didn't see Babel either. I am a fan of Birdman, The Revenant I saw. Um, what about Beautiful? Did you ever see that? I never saw that either. That was another I, kind of I, am, I think I'm just going to pick this up, especially if you're comparing it to that style yeah. of 21 Grams. When does this come out again? Um, it's out. Oh. It's out now. Hey. It's out now in 2021, hey. baby. It's already out. Tonight in America, people are pissed. Shocking news as Arrow is about to re-release American Werewolf in London in an underwhelming steelbook. Reissuing this in a steelbook in February 23rd, 2021, which is very ugly, by the way. It has the same extras as the previous released version without all the great bonus physical content. Again, this is not a 4K disc. This is the original release that Arrow put out not that long ago, unlike the most recent Turbine 4K release, which everyone is raving about. This Arrow re-release seems pointless, and the fans are pissed. Buyer beware. If you are a true collector, you are going to want to get the initial first release uh, that Arrow put out that is probably out of print now 
Get unless, it. Unless you want this garbage artwork. And we just said all these nice things about you, Arrow, on your Tremors release. Cash grab. So released this holiday season was the Office box set just before it was removed from Netflix. Thank God. So if you want to watch The Office now, you can't. You have to watch it on the Peacock Network, which is some other streaming junk that is um, part of NBC, but there's commercials. It's, you know, I don't know if it's free. I don't know if you have to pay for it. No one cares. Everyone's pissed. Um, but regardless, this box set is pretty cool for a couple of, for a couple of reasons. Here you have all nine seasons released in Blu-ray for the first time. So season one through four have never existed on this format. So if you've, you know, always had this, um, these in DVD and, you know, a couple of Blu-rays here or there, this might be the time to upgrade. If you've never had anything, if you ever owned anything from the office, any of their DVDs, any of the seasons, this is definitely the one to finally get. It includes an insane amount of extras, um, like hours. Like you can't even, you'll never get through it all. Commentaries, deleted scenes, cold open montages on every single disc, on every single season. Um, and again, fuck Peacock. Finally released this holiday season was Blind Fury. Thanks to Mill Creek. Blind Fury released in a collector's vhs box edition which we're all big fans of here mill creek is known for those and um this is no exception to this great line of vhs boxes that they already have out this is a bare bones release which they're also well known for thanks a lot mill creek they don't really put much effort into it they just try to figure out how can we make this look like a vhs box well rucker howard's a little busy now for interviews it includes a vial of rucker howard's ashes um <laughs> so this isn't from what i've read in the reviews this is not a perfect transfer by any means, but it's definitely an upgrade from the like three pack that this film was originally a part of. On and DVD. On DVD, right. On DVD, yeah. So it's not perfect, but it's definitely an upgrade. It's got a decent audio master too, apparently. So mm -hmm. I I've watched this movie I don't even know how many times on cable as a kid, whether it be I, I don't remember what channel probably had it on the most, HBO Cinemax, some TBS. You like, had who a knows? Great childhood, man. Yeah, it was it was on a lot. Um and I always found it to be very humorous, despite the fact that I know that it was supposed to be kind of serious, but it always was kind of funny. Um but I never owned it. I don't think I'm gonna buy this. I don't think I'm gonna pick this up. I don't know that I want to have this on my shelf or rewatch it over and over again. I can just replay it in my head whenever I want, but I know you're a huge fan. I like Rucker Hauer. Well, it's funny. I didn't grow up on it. I saw this for the first time maybe two or three years ago, and I don't think it was trying to be serious at all. You, I think really? Straight up. Maybe comedy. I maybe I played it and wrong. I think maybe that's I'm thinking why of it wrong. It's actually better. It's it's not. It's somewhere in between. I wouldn't call it a good. It's not like a guilty pleasure. So good. It's not the room. It's somewhere in between where you're kind of laughing at it, but it's aware. It's yeah. a comedy. It's aware. It's is it a comedy? comedy. They would yes. bill it as a comedy? Yes. Okay. I, yes. He is smiling on the cover. Dude, it's He's slicing. Rewatch it. I'd yeah. just buy okay. it. And there's the cool thing go. about those Mill Creek uh, VHS. First off, I like that retro VHS. Do art. you? I do. Oh, the for, art. Oh, for, oh I thought, uh, did you the mean the format? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Four films like this. I mean, let's get real. We're not going to get a special edition. Arrow's not putting Blind Fury out. No, no. So the fact that Mill Creek's taking the time. It's giving you that nostalgic vibe with the video store stuff. For titles like Blind Fury, Vibes, and all this stuff. Love I Vibes. Mean, Sheena, rest in peace, Tanya Roberts. Tanya Roberts. She's um, dead. Okay. UTI. Okay. What? Regardless, the VHS box <laughs> artwork. No, I'm a fan. And they're always cheap. They're always like eight bucks. So, and these are, these are films you're going to watch. 
All right, I'm, in the background. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I always pictured these things as kind of being the maybe cousin to the snapper case. So I've never owned one. What is it exactly? Is there an actual Blu-ray case inside of just a hard card, like cardboard or something shell? Or is it yeah, the disc out, is like like stuck on the inside of like a lid that opens up? They come out sideways, at least but the, the ones I have. So like but it's there's a like, slip case and it's a thin. It's not like the air, but kind of like the arrow boxes where it's that nice sturdy case that you pull out. It's well, like that, but they're thin. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, that's uh, decent. Yeah, dude, for seven bucks. That's Again, decent. if they were price gouging these releases, I would. Yeah, I'm with you. If it was twenty bucks, forget it. Yeah, but yeah, but if I mean, it's for, for something for a, like yeah. you said, for a film, you probably saw the majority of the people buying it are people who saw it on TV as yeah. a child and all that. I, I think that art, like the way they do it, that style is perfect. I, I, I like it. I like what they're doing. I think the majority of people that are buying this are huge Randall Tex Cobb fans. Naturally. Coming out on February 2nd, 2021, Universal is releasing Do the Right Thing in 4K. It includes, uh, I mean, a lot of extra things. It looks like a lot of commentaries, some new documentaries, some making ofs. Um, I'm aware that there is a Criterion version out there. I don't know if it has all these same extras, um, but some highlights on here are... Uh, a Do the Right Thing retrospective from 20 years later, some deleted extended scenes, behind the scenes, making of Do the Right Thing, trailers, a 20th anniversary edition feature commentary with Spike Lee, feature commentary with Spike Lee, director of photographer, or d- director of photography, Ernest Dickerson, my boy, Juice. Yeah, this. some of these people are saying, you know, just looking online here that, you know, I just ordered the Criterion. I'm keeping my, I'm already keeping my order. Sorry, Universal. Criterion. It, it's a relatively newer release. The like the red case. It's, yeah. it's nice, even for even for Criterion. It's kind of like with the Irishman. Yeah, it's just that's strange. I guess I've never seen I, this film, and I've never oh, obviously dude, it's a masterpiece. It, it's it's an American masterpiece, hands down. I, I bought the Criterion one. I want to look into this to see if it's worth the upgrade. Well, that's what literally everyone's saying. I'll give you a couple more quotes. Um, Criterion did a fine job with this. For those that who want to double dip, fine, but I'm good. I'm in the camp that I'm good with my Criterion, but it's nice to see more catalog titles coming out in 4K. And I'd lastly, like to see more Spike Lee stuff. Get, I mean, I feel like we've yeah. had some great additions to do the right thing already. The 4K is exciting, but I mean... Yeah, the Criterion knocked this out of the ballpark. I'll wait on the reviews, and if yeah. it's an upgrade, then I'll pick it up. I think that's really it. If yeah. the visual quality is that much more of an upgrade, then maybe you go for it. If that's even your thing. This person right here, been waiting for this in 4K. Dickerson's photography is going to pop. Is that, yeah. is that a uh, something there? I mean, it looks very colorful. Well, Ernest Dickerson was Spike Lee's DP on pretty much, well, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if he worked with him before Do the Right Thing, but I know he was his DP on Do the Right Thing, mm-hmm. uh, Mo Blues, and Jungle Fever. And then he started, that's when like he, he started doing like Juice and Demon. Right. He went on to direct after that. But, uh, oh, yeah, I mean, it is beautiful. It's, I mean, he captures that heat, the tension of summer, New mm-hmm. York. Mm-hmm. It is a beautiful film to look at as well. Um, Actually, now I'm saying all this, maybe I will pick this up on 4K. Hey, dude. What do you know? What do you know? Masterpiece. You heard it here first. Do the right thing. Get this in 4K. So lastly, a personal favorite of mine, which I know probably doesn't get um, much recognition or enough love, I should say. Hmm. One of Harrison Ford's maybe lesser-known titles, maybe for a good reason, I don't know. Maybe it's just a guilty pleasure and I don't know it. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Now, Mosquito Coast. Now, um, regarding Henry. So, regarding Henry is being released by Via Vision, 
their imprint label um, in March 31st of 2021, right after my birthday. So maybe I'll pick this up, a little birthday gift for me. Um, unsure on the transfer, it just says 1080p. Obviously, that's all it really says. And I don't know, there is a previous release of regarding Henry in the US. So it's probably just the same one, but this has never been released in the UK. But there is some, I guess, ported over special features with the exception of a new audio commentary from the director. But otherwise, it's the same old stuff. So I don't know. This movie holds a special place in my heart. I love this film. When this comes out, I probably will pick it up. I've seen this movie more times than I care to name. I don't know why this one sticks with me in Harrison Ford's catalog. Um, I do enjoy a good Harrison Ford yarn, but for whatever reason, <laughs> this one, I, I really it really stuck with me. I don't know. Annette Benning. Annette Benning, solid. Solid. Uh, great actress. Yep, solid. Um, I've never seen it. Never saw it. John Leguizamo. I'm a John Leguizamo fan. He's no, just he, now you're selling me on it. I may be he, you and I may be the two people will, who I'll, buy this release. I'll give you the one-two punch on that. He's only in it for uh, like ten seconds, but if he's the one that actually shoots Harrison Ford. Wait, so he's Benny Blanco from the Bronx? Yes. No, my name is Benny Blanco from the Bronx. Yes. Yeah. Sold. Yep. He's the one that puts Harrison Ford in the hospital and makes him, you know, <laughs> forget who he is and all that stuff. Yep. He's the one. Um, he's like. He's in the liquor store. He's robbing the place. Harrison Ford walks in. He's a dick, obviously. That's the whole point of the movie. Harrison Ford's a dick and then kind of, like, you know, reinvents himself after having amnesia after this accident. But he's a dick. He walks in. He's like, yeah, give me some cigarettes. John Leguizamo's obviously robbing the place. He's like, uh, yeah, whatever, dude. Can I just get my cigarettes? And he just shoots him right in the head. It's like, this is what you get. But, uh, don't fuck around. No, he didn't. He shoots him twice. He shoots him. Good. Right. He shoots him. <laughs> First, he shoots him in the chest, and he like backs up. He's like stunned, and he's like, "Wait a minute!" Just like, "Wait a minute!" And then he shoots him again in the head right here, and then he like falls out through the door. <laughs> I hear you there. There's movies like that, dude. Like if, if they if they released, uh, or I was excited when Keto Lorber put out Untamed Heart. Like nobody's yeah. excited about it. Like I'm surprised this is getting released. Yeah. No, nah, it's it's exciting to have releases like that. Thank you, Russ. Thank you for humoring me. I really appreciate that. Um, and all the regarding Henry fans out there. All two of you. Get ready. March 31st. We're coming. <laughs> get your Ritz crackers ready. And your hot sauce and your scrambled eggs. It's a little inside. It's a little inside baseball. What was he, like relearning how to eat or something? <laughs> yeah. <Good> talk. <laughs> he didn't know how to talk. So the, the orderly who's, like, helping him, like, no, he no, feeds no, him some eggs. This is like Blind Fury. Is this a movie that's unintentionally funny that's Bro, not meant to be? You would laugh I'm at sorry. it. I'm sorry. You'd, you'd, you'd laugh at it, probably. I'm sorry. Picturing Han Solo trying to eat eggs is it's, funny. It's me. meant to be sympathetic and sentimental and whatever else. But, no, he's, like, he's refusing to speak, and the guy's trying to get him to talk. So he puts hot sauce all in his eggs, stirs him up, and then he starts to eat him, and he can't. He's, like, I'm looking for – he's, like, trying to find water. And he's, like, what? What are you trying to find? What are you? And he's, like, trying to get him to talk, and he finally gets him to talk. It's like a Helen Keller, a modern-day Helen Keller situation where we're trying to <laughs> where we're trying to get the blind to see and the <laughs> mute to talk. Basically, someone saw Awakenings and was like, hey. Dude, I loved Awakenings. I'm glad you brought that up. That's, dude, that's another movie that I would gladly buy if they would just do something. Like, I love that movie, too. I love that movie. Awakenings, Robert De Niro, that's probably another one you'd probably go back and laugh at. But I appreciate that movie, too. Probably in the same vein, the same sort of sentiment in both movies, I think. I enjoyed it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Anything else you got, Russ, um, before we wrap this up? Uh, well, I'd like to clarify, I don't find brain injuries funny in real life. Okay. I'm only laughing at 
Harrison Ford playing someone with a brain injury mm -hmm. and trying to eat scrambled eggs. What's wrong? Don't like my eggs? I see. Like, just imagine that in Star Wars. Like, in the like he's in the Millennium Falcon, and mm -hmm. he has a brain injury, and Chewie's yep. trying to, like, fucking scramble, scramble some his eggs, eggs for him. Yep. And he looks all confused, and the Millennium Falcon crashes. <laughs> the end. Star Wars Episode Three ends. Star Wars Coda. <laughs> That's a wrap. Star Wars Coda.